Today's episode is brought to you by Zenith Exhibit Studios, helping small business create quality podcast content. Visit www.zenithexhibits.studio to learn more information. Welcome to the Business Buffet, a podcast-based business coaching environment where you gain personal nourishment, professional growth, and recipes for success. My name is Ed Bejarana, and I am your chef who will be fixing up a big helping of how-to, can-do, and what-to-do information, all designed to inspire you. So grab a plate as it is time for some Business Buffet. Welcome to Business Buffet. This is part two of the series we started last week, Why Do Hackers Go After Your Computer or Email Account? Today we're going to talk about two more of the reasons why they would hack your computer, and then we're going to focus on hacked email, specifically spam. So in the, in the hacked c- computer category, last time we talked about a web server, how your web server is valuable to hackers, um, email attacks, virtual goods, um, bot activity. It's the first one we're going to talk about today. What's a bot? Well, a bot is basically um, an artificial intelligence or a computer program, if you will, in its simplest form. It's a program that somebody has written to go and do something specific. And in the, in the world of bot activities, they're collecting data is what they're really doing. They generate these programs to go out and visit websites and do things. And what are the things they're doing? Well, one of which is a spam zombie. We're going to talk a lot about spam today, so I'm going to leave that one alone. But another one is a denial-of-service extortion zombie. What this does is this bot just hits your server with so much traffic that you can't do business. And then somebody calls uh, the um, uh, company line and says, hey, we're, we're holding you hostage. We're just going to keep sending you an overwhelming amount of traffic until you pay us. Then there's click fraud zombies. These, these are the ones you're most familiar with because you see them all the time. Uh, you'll, you'll get a, an email, or if you visit a website, you'll get this little pop-up asking you to click. We call it clickbait on uh, social media sites. Uh, it's... Just click fraud. They want you to click something to either execute a program to do their nefarious things or generate some additional traffic for something that they're doing. And then CAPTCHA solving zombies. These CAPTCHA, those are those codes that you have to put in in order to protect a form from getting too much spam. Well, yeah, they automated that process too. So what what the spam bot does, excuse me, what the CAPTCHA bot does is it sends out these pictures of the CAPTCHA and then it has people solve them. So it's basically using like a crowd solution based approach to get around all of the spam protection that we're building into our forms. So the other one we're going to talk about today is account credentials. This one this one has actually nailed a couple of my customers over the last 14 years. You know, when you're working on 
a office computer, you need to be cognizant of the type of network connection you have. Because when you log into an account, say Amazon, for, for example, you don't log out. You log into Amazon, and then eventually in a couple of days, it will log you out automatically or make you log in again in order to use it. But most of the time, you go to Amazon and you're just logged in. Well, if some enterprising hacker finds you on, oh, I don't know, a public Wi-Fi port and gains access to your computer without your knowledge, now they can go into your Amazon account, order something, and send it wherever they want. This has actually happened to a couple of my clients where in Portland, Oregon, they had put in a public Wi-Fi channel for all of the businesses downtown. And I had advised against using it, but, you know, it was free. So the business owners, the two in question, they, they wanted to take advantage of free. So they used the Wi-Fi port that was available downtown Portland, Oregon, and a couple of days later I get a phone call, something's wrong with my computer. And uh, what had happened is they had gotten into their bank account because she logs in to do her banking online from work and it didn't log her out. So if you are on a public Wi-Fi spot, first off, don't do it. You turn on your cell phone, put yourself into your own personal hotspot and surf the internet on your cell phone. Don't let anybody else on it. Don't, don't use the, the hotspot in a public place. But if you are going to use a hotspot in a public place, log out of your accounts. If you log into something, log out of that account. Don't ever leave your computer logged into something. The other thing, too, is if you're going to surf the Internet on a public Wi-Fi spot, do so in a private browser window. In Google Chrome, in, in Safari, for that matter, I believe all of the browsers now give you some form of either incognito or private browser window where you can uh, browse the net without storing any cache. Uh, that will give you a modicum of protection, not a lot. I'm going to bring in some computer experts and we'll talk about uh, surfing the net in a few episodes. But don't browse publicly. Use at least uh, anonymous. Now, best case scenario is to use a proxy or a VPS, a virtual private server. Then you're completely protected. You've got your IP and your computer hidden from the public net because your connection goes to a server and then your IP address and your computer MAC address is hidden from the public server. But when we're dealing with account credentials, there's online gaming. We talked a little bit about um, my D&D uh, ex escapade where I, I had an, uh, an account that was hacked and taken over. A website. You, <laughs> you log into your WordPress website. Same thing. It doesn't log out unless you purposely log it out. In a couple of days, if you got some security software, it'll automatically log you out. But between the time when you log in and WordPress logs you out, your computer is cached 
as a logged in user. Somebody gains access to your computer, they now have access to your website. And then they can do whatever they want. They're an admin just like you are. So hacked computer activities. There's, there's ways that these people make money off of everything. And it is hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. So next time you're sitting there thinking, why would they want to attack me? I'm just a tiny little company. Because your computer is worth money. The time your computer is on the internet is worth money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how to combat that in the next topic. When we're talking about ha- hacking your email account. Now, we're, you know, we're going to go from your computer to specifically your email account. And, then, and we're going to go over some costs to give you some real numbers here. But we're, I'm just going to focus on spam. There's, there's six areas I could touch on. Privacy, retail, finance, employment, harvesting. But today we're just going to talk about spam. That's kind of the biggest challenge that's facing the Internet. What is spam? Spam is anything that is unwanted, unasked for. An email that comes to you and it has no bearing on what you need. You didn't ask for it. It just appears in your inbox. That's technically a spam. So some of the costs of spam. Let me, let me just talk about this. The, uh, spam just adds bandwidth. It, it Bandwidth and storage. Every single email that comes in, even though... This is not as big an impact now as it was, say, 15 years ago. Um, bandwidth is, is fast. We, we have internet connections now that are gigabit. Uh, but they still, every email that it has to process still takes time. And that email has to be stored on a computer somewhere. So there is a bandwidth and a storage expense to every single spam message. There's lost productivity. You got that email that comes in your inbox. You just got to delete it. And even though it only takes a few seconds, you add that up to the hundreds of emails you receive a day, every day of the year, and that equates to thousands of dollars worth of lost productivity. Then you've got anti-spam filtering and software costs. There's time setting up the filtering. There's there's costs associated with the software that you have to use. And we're going to talk a little bit about software in just a moment. And then, of course, there's disaster recovery expenses. If there was no spam, then you you wouldn't have this issue with having to recover because of a spam attack. So there's a lot of costs that are added to your business just because spam is something that is sent out. So why do they send it out? Well, now, Dataprot, a website that I used in preparation for today's episode, it says that uh, each day, on average, there's about 122 billion spam emails sent out. Now, that it compares to the legitimate number of emails sent per day is 22.43 billion. So there's about 100 billion more spam messages sent out than there are legitimate messages. Now, here's an interesting stat. For every 12.5 million spam emails sent, spammers receive one reply. And from that one reply, spam email sites 
earned senders around $7,000 per day. There's a cost to business globally estimated at about $20.5 billion just dealing with spam. So spam is a real issue, and you have to protect your business. I can't tell you the number of times that I've worked with a client to rebuild their website or help with their trade show marketing, and they've got a Gmail account as their email account or, or Hotmail or AOL. Get off of AOL. You have to have better email protection. It costs money to be in business. And we use these Gmail accounts because they're free. Now, why should I have to pay for an email account? Because you're getting spammed to death. You sign up for those Gmail accounts, and now Google can sell your email account. You're going to get more spam if you use one of these free accounts. It's in the agreement. <laughs> when, when you sign up, remember this. If the product is free, you are the product. So... Sign up for free stuff at your own peril. Know what you're going to be paying in cost because there is going to be a cost. So what do you do about this? Spam is such a massive problem. Now, I run an internet business. I, I've built over 2,200 websites in 14 years. I, I have a lot of accounts that I've set up over the years. And I get about 4,000 emails a day. I deal with a lot of spam. One of the challenges is, do the spam filters really know the difference between a legitimate email and a spam email? I, I'm going to say eh, most of the time, but not all of the time. So I do have to scour my spam and my junk filter or junk boxes is multiple times a day. I have clients that they're using a Gmail account or worse yet, a Microsoft account, a free Hotmail account. And a lot of firewalls, they'll just get temperamental and say, I'm, uh, I'm not going to send any more of these messages. I use Rackspace for my email. It's a hosted email service and it's got spam and virus protection built in. So those firewalls, Sometimes just kick out those messages and mark them as spam. So I have to check my spam folders. And every single day, there are legitimate messages in amongst a thousand or plus spam messages. So I have to skim through it. Now, I do have a default message I give to every customer. And that is, if I don't reply to your email within 24 hours, call me. I've probably lost your email in and amongst the other 4,000 emails I get every day. And my customers are very understanding. You may have to have the same basic policy. You've got to scan your inbox, your junk mail filter, and your spam folder. So with that, you have to have anti-spam and antivirus software. But the features you, you need to have. you got to make sure that the anti-spam system integrates with your email service. Now, I, I recommend using a hosted email service. Uh, I, I think are gone are the days of, of hosting your own email server, bringing in your Microsoft Exchange server in-house, just too risky. You, you cannot keep it up, uh, updated often enough. 
to protect you from ransomware. Uh, something else we'll talk about down the road. But go ahead and get a hosted account. Microsoft 365 is fine. They've got good spam protection and virus protection. Rackspace, there, there's a dozen of them out there that are legitimate companies. You know, they cost anywhere from, you know, 3 to $10 a month per email account. And for that, you get different levels of service. I'm, I'm not a Microsoft guy. I'm an Apple guy. That's why I use Rackspace. But you can use a Gmail-hosted email account, but don't use the free Gmail account. If you're going to go with Gmail, pay for it. I think it's $6 a month per email account. It's a good service. So you got to make sure that your anti-spam system integrates with whatever email service you're using. And they'll tell you whether they're Gmail compatible or Microsoft 365 compatible, etc. Make sure your software has automatic spam blocking. Now, you don't want to set it to its highest level where it just automatically deletes the spam because, like I talked about just a few minutes ago, you're going to get legitimate emails that are tagged as spam because somebody sending from a Hotmail account or a Yahoo account, they're going to get tagged as spam more often than not. You're going to have to go find that client email in your spam folder. Make sure it has customizable filtering rules. This will allow you to add a little bit of logic to your email system so that you, you can limit some of the false taggings. So if you know somebody always gets tagged as a spam, set up a filter for their email address so that it doesn't get tagged as a spam. Make sure it has malware blocking and an event log. You want to be able to go back through the event log and see what was sent, what happened. Because sometimes you'll, you'll get a message and you'll need to trace back where it came from. Doesn't happen often, but believe it or not, I do this two or three times a year. I have to go back to the event log in order to reconstruct something that was sent to me. Usually what happens is a customer is complaining that they sent something. I, I said, I didn't get it. Can you please resend? And they, they're mad. So they, they want a they history on the email chain. In addition to software, you need to have a network appliance, a firewall network appliance that has virus and spam filtering. Barracuda is, is one that comes to mind, but there are literally hundreds of them out there. Make sure you've got a good IT person. This is not something that you want to go to Best Buy and buy yourself. Go ahead, take the extra expense, hire somebody who's a professional. This is what they do for a living. Have them install a network firewall appliance on your computer system. It will protect your computer as well as your email. These network appliances, they do have subscription accounts. So, yes, in addition to the subscription, you have to pay for your anti-spam, antivirus software. You'll have to pay for a subscription on your firewall. But that extra level of protection will be worth its weight in gold. A firewall prevents people from the outside taking over your computers on the inside of your network. I think it's an essential investment. You've got to have it. And it doesn't really matter how big your network is. 
even if it's just you and your computer, put a firewall between your computer and the internet. And then using a hosted email account. Now, I talked about this uh, already. However, I want to reiterate this. Do not use a web email account. You know, when, you, when you're hosting your website on HostGator or InMotion or A2 Hosting or any of the thousand places where you can have your website hosted, they offer free email. Don't use it. There's no virus protection. There's no spam protection. There's no filtering. It is basically a service that's offered as a complementary to the web service. A web server is good at serving up your website. It's not designed to be an email server. So use a hosted service like Microsoft 365 or Rackspace or even Gmail. Pay for the hosted service. Or better yet, a new trend. This is something that I'm actually working with two clients right now to set this up. Don't use email at all. Use something like Zoho and have a form that injects directly into Zoho. Now, the quest, the jury is out. Can you actually get rid of an email account altogether? But these services like Zoho, the website is going to have a form, and that is where the person can complete a request for information. And then rather than sending an email, that data is saved automatically into a database. And then you can put some CAPTCHA on it. You can even have a requirement that they've got an account. So they've got to log in in order to be able to submit it. Now, obviously, that it's not applicable to somebody who just wants to receive leads from the Internet. You wouldn't want to have somebody re- required to log in in order to just request information for the first time. But the idea of getting around email by just using a web form has some legitimacy. There is a potential that you could avoid email altogether and just have a personal email account that your friends can email you on and but put all your business in a CRM, a customer relation management program, that a form is filled out automatically from your website. And Most of these hosted CRM systems, they also have the ability to just have the form filled out on them directly. You don't have to put it on your website. You can send out a link or text a link to the form or put it on your Facebook account. So many small businesses, micro businesses, they don't don't even have a website. They've got a LinkedIn account, a Twitter account, and a Facebook page, and that's it. And on the, on the Facebook page, you can have a button for Contact Us that opens up that form that people fill out and inject directly into your customer relation manager. So the cost of doing business means you've got to deal with these hackers. And these hackers, I hope these two episodes have uh, given you some insight into, A, why they do it. And, you know, just in the case of spam, a $20.5 billion business makes it worthwhile for the spammers. They're going to continue to send out email because we continue to reply. It continues to work. They're making $7,000 per day just sending out spam. The only way they make money is because we are clicking on the emails. 
So it goes without saying, don't click on the email. Don't reply to spam. Don't give them any more information. But because there is an opportunity to make money, these hackers are going to use that service, and your small business is going to bear the cost. So with that, happy computing. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. It is that dreaded time when we must push back from the table and uh, maybe take a nap. You know, to reflect on what we've learned. Please, before you doze off, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs the emotional push that only the Business Buffet can give. Also, please take a moment to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts and help us reach new entrepreneurs like yourself. Thank you for listening, and remember to eat hearty in business.